The Art of Nonconformity by Chris Guidobo. One sentence summary. The Art of Nonconformity teaches you how to play life by your own rules, by giving you practical glimpses into the world of self-employment, a new approach to travel, to-do list minimalism, and conscious spending habits. My favorite quote from the author is, What you don't do doesn't matter. Chris Guidobo. Until Chris Guillebeau's new book hits Blinkist, or I get my hands on a copy, this will complete his trilogy of awesomeness on paper. Originally Chris's first venture into the world of books, this is the last one on 4-minute books after the $100 startup and the happiness of pursuit. Living a life of conformity, often coined by working 40 very unfunky hours a week with only 10 hours of productive time, Drifting through life without any major life goals, spending our money mindlessly and eventually getting depressed with the meaningless of it all is just not an option for Chris. He wants you to shatter the shackles of conformity, break the rules and set your own. This book is meant to teach you just that. It covers psychological issues like fear, purpose and confidence, entrepreneurial advice to fund your dreams in a meaningful way and even practical spending tips to help you save money. Here are the three most non-conform lessons I could find. 1. Your own competence is the best job security you can have. 2. Most gatekeepers just give you the illusion of freedom, so challenge them to really get what you want. 3. Produce work that will outlive you and make the world a better place. Ready to learn the art of non-conformity? Let's shatter some limiting beliefs. The Art of Non-Conformity Lesson 1 your own competence is the best job security you can have. This answers the question, what is the best way to never have to worry about having a stable job? How do you define job security? Chances are, the environment in which you've grown up has taught you that sticking to a job with a regular paycheck is the way to play it safe. But actually, that means you're putting your entire career in someone else's hands, who, at will, can take away your only source of income. Wouldn't you say that that's quite risky? Instead, why not entrust the person who cares most about your well-being with your career and who's more concerned about that than you yourself? Start to develop a sense of security by trusting in your own skills and abilities. Imagine you were 100% that you could go out and make $1,000 in a week, no matter what happened. How's that for making you feel secure? Two examples Chris mentions how you can build this are... 1. Becoming an entrepreneur or small business owner. Showing yourself you can run a blog and make $2,000 a month from it and do work you enjoy will sure boost your confidence. And 2. Setting your own rules at work. For example, by visiting art exhibitions in your lunch break or moving to a lower paying job on purpose with more opportunities to develop. The Art of Nonconformity Lesson 2. Gatekeepers make you feel like you're free but to see what's really possible, you have to challenge them. This answers the question, how can I really get what I want if my life depends on, for example, a boss? Imagine you're being promoted. That's great, right? Well, maybe not. Your new boss will tell you about your responsibilities, duties, and the choices you can make. For example, about hiring people or how to spend your budget. By giving you a bunch of options, Gatekeepers make you think you're completely free to choose, but you're really limited to what choices they give you. The stuff that really matters, for example, from where you can work, when and how often you have to be in the office, whether you have to attend meetings or not, and how you can make sure to get to pick up your son from school every day, 
is often left out. In order to see what's really possible, you have to challenge the rules those gatekeepers set for you. For example, Tim de Christopher was fed up with the way of the Bureau of Land Management auctioned big chunks of land so unfairly that only big oil companies could ever buy them. Instead of subscribing to the idea of having to pay $1.7 million as an entry fee, he just signed up and ended up outbidding everyone else. Once the state found the sale to be invalid because Tim didn't have the money, the decision to sell the land was revoked and the land is now protected. There will always be gatekeepers and limits, but you can always give challenging them a shot by changing the rules of the game. The Art of Nonconformity Lesson 3 Aim to make the world a better place by producing work that will live longer than you do. This answers the question, how can you use nonconformity to make the world a better place? If you play your cards right, you might live to be 100 years old. That's a lot of time. But still, not forever. Wouldn't it be cool to know that your work will still impact people long after you're gone? Chances are, a life that's built around you and you alone won't really make you happy in the long run. That's where what Chris calls legacy work comes in. It's what happens when you use your unique skills to help others in a way which would have been impossible without your contribution and leaves a lasting impact. For example, I know not everyone has the money to buy many books or even get a Blinkist subscription or the time to read 30 minutes every day or understand complex writing. But since I can and have access to these resources, I can transform them into something short and light that you can read for free every day and thus hopefully help you improve your life in a way that lasts. As a pro tip, once you know what your legacy work can be about, set a metric to measure your progress with it. For example, 1000 words a day, one hour of work on your charity, or as for me, publishing a blog post every day. My personal takeaways from the art of nonconformity for 2017. This is an awesome book. I feel like it's half super practical advice, half inspiration to not care about other people's opinions and do what you really want to do. And I think that's an important mix to have because you both, especially in the beginning when you have no clue, you need the tactics, but what you might need even more is the encouragement to be okay with going against the grain and doing something most people don't understand and and won't encourage you or maybe even give you criticism for and so on. That part is huge. That's very underestimated, I think. And that brings us right into the first lesson, right? Your own competence is the best security you can have. Um, I've made thousands of dollars on a single project. I've made hundreds of dollars for single blog posts. And that feeling, just having that experience, just knowing, wow, I can deliver high quality work in a short period of time and make money from it is super powerful. Now, if all my income fell away and I would suddenly have to have to like be forced to get a, a gig very fast, that would still be a challenge. No doubt. I would be super scared, right? And I would have to hustle really hard and call hundreds of people, send thousands of emails, whatever it takes. But knowing that I can deliver when I get something makes it make, makes me feel a lot more comfortable about that scenario, right? Because it makes me feel even if I struggle to get a job in the first place, to get a gig, I know that once I got the gig, I could deliver on that gig and I would deliver something that people are happy with. 
So that's super powerful, right? To know you have something, a skill that's that's unique to you. And that might be something from accounting. It doesn't have to be art, right? It doesn't have to be writing or podcasting or whatever. It could be something in accounting. It could be making PowerPoint slides. It could be... I don't know, you, you you are really good with some certain SAP customized software tool. Um, you're good at a very specific kind of uh, PHP framework, whatever. But having that and knowing you can make money from that. So even you could take your the skill that your normal job requires, take that and get a side project or make a thousand bucks from a project you do on a freelance basis for someone moonlighting, right? That's super powerful to show yourself, okay? So you don't have to become an entrepreneur for that. And um, you don't have to go all the way and, and sort of start, like want to start your own business with that. Even even as a freelancer, you don't have to do that. But just doing it as an experience to show yourself the consequences from it and to get the value out of it, like how it changes your your perspective of yourself, that's a very valuable experience in and of its own. Um for example if you do a great job too or actually let's transition to the next lesson because it ties well into that so the gatekeepers part right so you probably most people can't decide like when they work where they work and so on like the important stuff they tell you like yeah you got your budget you can hire two people for this blah 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 you get freedom in terms of project and money spent but not about your time you don't get control of your time and that's usually the most important thing so what you can do and what Cal Newport suggests in So Good They Can't Ignore You is to turn down a promotion. Like when you're offered a promotion, say, no, I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing because obviously I'm good at it. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to promote me. But I have some requests. And then you start piling up your demands because you've built leverage before. And now you can use that leverage to get what you want. And that is the same thing you can do. And the confidence to ask for these things, you can build again by doing these, for example, side projects that allow you to use your skill in a creative way that makes money, that shows you you're not dependent on just one person. Um, and then you can start saying things like, yeah, I want to work one day a week from home because I have the kid and then I can play with my son in my lunch break. Um, and so on, right? And start making these demands and come up with demands that aren't existent in the company literature anywhere or or don't just navigate the possibilities that they offer you like even if you say oh i want the next level salary or you know something like that where it's already prescribed somewhere ask for things that are written nowhere right ask for things that are special that the company has never done before and if your boss says wow like we've never done this before we'll need to consider it then you know you're on the right track because then you're really making your own rules and when you get get th- you go through with them, or when you manage to to get these through, um, that's when it really gets interesting, right? Because then you know your leverage works, and then you can build more of it, and so on, and negotiate even more to build the lifestyle you want, which is much more important than getting an extra 10k a year when you're already making like 80, 90 grand. Like who cares? That money is not going to make you any happier, and it's going to be gone anyway, right? That's always how it works. And lastly, making something that will outlast you. Um, I think it was in Seneca on the shortness of life where he said that striving for legacy is also something dangerous you have to be careful about. I never thought of it in a bad way because I think legacy is a very noble thing to strive for. Um, But Seneca said you only have your life right here, right now, and you cannot impact your legacy because you can't, you know, determine what it looks like after you're gone. After all, that's 
the only way your legacy is defined. So you shouldn't worry about it too much. Um, but I still think it's a noble cause. It's something worth pursuing. And knowing that for 10 years, you spend 30 minutes every day, you know, building a charity or writing something that might make someone else's life better. Or even just, you know, like locally uh, helping your neighbors, whatever it is, might be a small thing. But at one point, dying with that memory and that feeling in mind of accomplishment that you took responsibility and did something that's larger than yourself, that's selfless. I think that's a pretty safe bet to make to make sure you at the end of the life, when you arrive at the very end, you think, man, I've had a good life. I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. And I can go in peace. So I hope you enjoyed this summary. Chris Gillibo, super cool guy. Check him out, The Art of Nonconformity. And um, hope you learn more from him. He's really a good dude. And I will see you on the next summary.